can you feel it? We're getting so close to kickoff. You know, they're calling this game the GOAT, and it makes sense. You got number one Alabama versus number three Florida State. The stadium's been in the works for nine years, and it's the first game to ever be played at the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And of course, two years of hype and talk and all that leading up to it. So that game is our focus on today's episode of Pat's Interference. We're going to break it down, give you our thoughts. We're going to do the position battles, what Alabama needs to do to win. And of course, we're going to give you our score prediction like always. So the offseason's over, folks. We're moving into a doozy of a first game and a doozy of an episode waiting for you. You're listening to Pat's Interference. Don't go away. How's it going, everyone? Less than two days away from kickoff. We've been waiting for this since January at the Heartbreaker, a chance to get back at the ACC. You've been listening to it all offseason. You're going to listen to it a little bit more tonight with us, and then there's nothing left to do but play the dang thing. My name is Patrick Norwood. I am joined by my lovely co-host. Patrick Brickman, nice to be with everybody today. You're right, less than two days Less than 48 hours. Actually, uh, we'll be at 36 hours soon until kickoff from the brand new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Alabama, Florida State. We can't really do anything more to hype it up, to be honest. No, honestly, I mean, it's the one time at the uh, new Mercedes-Benz Stadium where you can get Chick-fil-A. So that's another reason to <laughs> yeah, hype it up. One of the rare, well, you'll be able to get Chick-fil-A on Monday, too, for that other kickoff game. But, oh, that's uh, true. That's true. Can you believe it, man? First of all, just... The fact that Alabama is getting to play the first regular season, not exhibition like an NFL preseason, it's just I, I, the, the tension. Like, okay, so I know a couple people that are already at the game, some members of the media, and they sent out a tweet today from outside the stadium, and that was my first, like, punch-to-the-gut hype moment. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, now that the media is showing up um, – my dear friend Kyle Flannery, you know him as well. Um, baby Kyle, sure. Baby Kyle, we've talked about him a couple times on this podcast. I, I just got off the phone with him. He's going to Atlanta. He's stationed in Augusta, Georgia right now uh, in the Army. And so he's going to drive. He's dri- actually already driven down there with his wife, Barbara. And they checked into their hotel. And as they were getting their check-in process, um, they noticed that a bunch of large men started all walking in and being very rowdy. They're staying at the same hotel as the Florida State football team. And he said that he was okay. So he checked in, and he was trying to get around all these six foot three players. And then he bumps into this uh, this guy that's clearly not a football player. And he's, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bump into you. The guy turns around. All right, son, it's all right, son, it's all right, that's all right. It was Jimbo Fisher. Of course. So he calls me, tells me that story, and then I just get the goosebumps all over again because yeah. we're so close to this game happening. It's here. It's here. We're ready to. But go, the best man. part of it is, is we finally get to do the podcast. We preview it. Yes, uh, that is the best part. It's it's also, you're talking about the first game at this new stadium. That should tell you about the magnetism of both of these programs. You know, that Alabama-Florida State is the first football game to be played on this turf. You know, that is going to be a sports trivia question one day in the city of Atlanta. Think about that. I mean, Plus, you get Georgia Southern's first game. Sure. Or Georgia State. Was that already today? Did they play that today? Georgia yes. State's first game at Turner Field, by the way. Yes, Georgia State continuing the B- Braves tradition at Turner Field by losing. <laughs> okay, so that was today. I it didn't see the today. final score yet. Oh, man. Yeah. I have to go there. Braves traded a lot of guys today, too. But yeah, uh, we're, 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 not, we digress can on we that. Not, can we not talk about it, please? Let's get back to happier things. Let's do that. I feel like you and I both 
sound like we have more energy. If we're sitting here at about three minutes and ten seconds into our podcast, and I feel like if people are listening, they go, man, these guys are on it today. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to brag to the listeners, but no, I mean it's I do. Ex- I do hear more of a pep in your step, and then your energy is giving me energy, and I think we just need to get to start talking about this dang game. Let's 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 get after it. What do you want? Let's break down the depth chart first. Should we do that? Yeah, I want to do um, because this is kind of gonna lie. I've put a lot of thought in this game. To be honest, like it's my job to cover Florida State and Alabama to an extent. Like we've got some Alabama fans here, so the way it works here is I do about for every. FSU thing I do, I've got probably maybe two things FSU I do. I've got either one of Florida, Alabama, or Auburn here because this this is an FSU team, FSU city. I mean, sure, but you are you are near enough to the state of Alabama to you know carry those other teams. They're close to to the Gators in Panama City as being number two. It's it's Gators, Alabama. They're both very close. I see a lot of Alabama hats. FSU being one, but that's being said that. I do want to do position breakdowns because I put a lot of thought into this game, and I'm very excited about the way I'm going to be able to present it because I feel like I put probably too much thought into this game, and by five minutes into the game, everything I say is going to be out the door. But Welcome to Pat's um, yeah. interference. We'll start, I guess, if we're going to do positions. Um, the quarterback battle here is very intriguing because they're both very similar situations. Sure. Um, you got Jalen Hurts at Alabama. We all know about him and what he did, and we've talked ad nauseum about Jalen Hurts and what he can do, what he wasn't doing last year, the way he ended the season, the way he played regular season, SEC Offensive Player of the Year. But you've also got the ACC Freshman of the Year from last year and DeAndre Francois, who was also a freshman. They're both sophomores now. One's a true sophomore, one's redshirt, but both very similar in their national perception. Yes. They're good. Do they get better? You know, it's interesting, Brick. Francois throwing uh, 20 touchdowns, seven picks last year, uh, over 3,300 yards, which is impressive, along his touchdown completion of 92 on a little screen pass, I believe that was, quarterback rating of 142.1, which you and I have both decided is complete bull. Um, not that that's his quarterback rating, that there is such a thing as a quarterback rating. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like a funny mirror. Um, and it's weird because it's a, it's a very yin and yang. Jalen Hurts had... You know, more wins and obviously the more successful season last year. But I think that DeAndre Francois had the better numbers uh, when you go back and look at it, especially in big games. Um, you know, I, th- I think the one game that you and I would both point to and say, OK, Jalen Hurts is the reason Alabama won that game or came back was Ole Miss. Yeah, you that know? was his that was that, his uh, shining moment of last year. That sure. was his coming out party. I mean, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, I, I think other than that, there's not really a lot of moments maybe the LSU game but even then he didn't play very well where you can point to Jalen Hurts and say oh yeah he did great in that big game DeAndre Francois on the other hand you know big games I mean there weren't a ton of them but the ones where he needed to show up he did now one thing that Florida State had was oh yeah the Doak Walker winner uh you know and that that helps out in that regard as well um so, Brick, what kind of – how important is this first game to sort of set the tone for the rest of the season for these two quarterbacks? Oh, man. Here's – it's it's huge. It's honestly huge. And I actually think it's probably a little bigger for Jalen Hurts in that regard because people are more down on him the way he finished last year. Not as many people are saying this about Francois. But I will say this about Francois real quick. The reason I really like what he could do in a game like this is because – you know, everybody talks about the way uh, Jalen Hurts was poised last year, and rightfully so. True freshmen never seem to get rattled. But 
Francois was the exact same thing. Um, you know, remember, I'll just go into that. He was hit 36 times last year. His offensive line was Swiss cheese, and I'll get to that in a little while, but the dude was hit all over the place. He would get crushed, get up. You'd go, man, he just broke his – no, he didn't break his collarbone, but it looked like it. Holy cow, he just threw a touchdown. Like, right. he was always – he's tough. And the defensive lines in this game are going to hit the quarterbacks a couple times. They're going mean, to pop them. Do you remember that Ole Miss game last year where he got – I mean, just – both these quarterbacks just got destroyed by Ole Miss off the end. Um, oh, yeah. You know, in, in that the first quarter of the Ole Miss game, there was a lot of questions being asked of this kid, and he stepped up. Stepped he up did. in a he big played, way. He played bad that first quarter, and that's what ha- that's a very similar thing to Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Francois. They never once let their team down in a big moment. They played right. poorly at times, but when they needed to come through, they always did. I was at the North Carolina game last year where um, DeAndre Francois took the lead with a touchdown late, and they lost in a game-winning field goal. That wasn't his fault. He did the same thing against Clemson. Took him to the lead. Clemson retook the lead, and then his offensive line got two holding calls in a row. He never let his team down, neither did Jalen Hurts, even in the national championship. He got the go-ahead touchdown when he needed to get it. He did. They're both very poised. They're both playmakers. They both don't get rattled, and they both don't – they hype up their team in a good way. It's not all about me. They're not going to get any personal fouls. And so, you know, if we go through and we go quarterback versus quarterback in this game, I can't pick one. They're both similar. They have different skill sets. Hurts is better on his legs and more dynamic, but – Francois can definitely make plays on his legs on his own. He's got a little bit better of an arm from what I saw last season. But I'm going to go a push there at quarterback. I mean, there's really not one I would take over the other, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. I really would. Um, I think Francois has got the more sort of from last season. Now, a lot of people have been saying that, you know, Hurts' arm has really been, you know, uh, stepped up and improved over this offseason. But, um, you know, from what we saw last season, Francois definitely has the better arm. But I think Jalen Hurts has a little bit better of a downfield vision as far as getting outside the pocket and escaping the pocket, you know, for 10, 12 yards or a 35-yard touchdown against Tennessee, LOL. <laughs> um, so that, that covers the quarterbacks. Um, I don't think that this next position group is very consequential to the outcome of a game most of the time. Sometimes it is, depending on who you're talking about. Running backs, we'll keep this short and sweet because – uh, FSU's got some good backs, but Alabama's got the edge, yes, obviously. They definitely the have the backs. stable. They've got the stable. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the depth chart that came out, the first team is Scarborough slash Damian Harris. Oh, and then your second team is Joshua Jacobs, who is our, you know, in my opinion, our second best running back last season. And then Najee Harris, the number one overall recruit from last year. So, right. you know, it, it's not it's not really a contest. I, I don't think that it's a secret that Alabama's got the best running backs in the nation this season. Now, FSU's got uh, their starter's name's Jaquez Patrick. Great last name. That's sure. why I have to give him a shout-out on this podcast. And he's good. He's a bruiser. Um, he's got a little wiggle to him, but he's mostly a bruiser. And I don't. those running backs don't scare me against any Alabama defense the Saban's ever put out. Agreed. Those are the guys, uh, with the exception of Marcus Lattimore several years ago, I can't remember the last time a bruiser has put big numbers up against Alabama. And Ezekiel Elliott's not a bruiser. He's... One of the best athletes I've ever seen run the rock. Right. Um, and then the other guy, you know, you mentioned Najee Harris, and he was the number one running back. If you didn't rank Najee Harris the number one running back last year, you ranked Cam Akers the number one running back, and that's who FSU has. We'll see what he's got. It's going to be very interesting because he's going to get a lot of carries in this game, I think. Right. He's an X factor for their offense. Um, 
But running backs, I, I said we keep it short and sweet. I'm going to stay true to that. Alabama's got more guys they can depend on. Um, I agree. Edge Alabama. Wide receiver edge position. Alabama. Alabama. I agree. Uh, Alabama, we've got, obviously, Ridley. We've got Cam Sims. We've got... Um, Robert uh, Foster, Jerry Foster's Judy. Foster's going to be number two. Judy, Zavi- we'll see what he got as a freshman. Xavier Marks. Ah, I'd like to see how much they in- in- involve him. I don't think he's going to be involved very much. I'm just saying as far as depth is concerned. I mean, Florida State struggled struggled at getting a go-to receiver since Kelvin Benjamin and Rashad Green left after the national championship. Yes. Um, they have a couple guys. They've got a guy named George Campbell. They got a guy named Ni- Nyquan Murray. Campbell being the six four, six five guy, and Murray being he's probably five eleven, but he's shifty. And uh, somebody that Minka Fitzpatrick has specifically mentioned as somebody he's looking forward to covering, but. Um, none of them have been a go-to. Murray was big at the end of last year and was huge in that Michigan game. Yes. But I don't see anybody on their roster right now that I go that I say will torch Alabama. If right. a lot of passing yards are there, it's going to be because Francois gets it to a bunch of different guys. If you ask me, I could be wrong, but that's what I that's what I see on their depth right. Chart. Well, and you got to look at the other side of the ball too, which we will here in a bit. But you've got. When Minka Fitzpatrick and Ronnie Harrison are your two safeties, that's a tough couple of guys to get the ball past. You know, I mean, I mean, one of them's got astou- an astounding ability to have a nose for the football and go up and get it. The other guy's just an absolute hitman. Just yes. a oh, yeah. broad-shouldered bruiser. I mean, Whew. I would not want to be over the middle and Ronnie Harrison's running at me. That's just yep. that's a painful night, maybe even at DCH Regional Hospital. <laughs> oh, that's the least of your worries if he's coming in there. Um, so we'll we'll finish up there because the skill positions I think are both very similar. I'd say Alabama's probably got a little bit better skill positions, but Forest State's got unproven guys. So we'll see. Uh, defense is what I was looking forward to talking about because holy cow, I don't I don't know. There are some ways I don't know to go. Defensive now, line will start there. Do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want to go offensive line? We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. I want to go defensive line first. Um, I look at this and I say push again because Florida State returns almost everybody from their sacks list. They they sacked the quarterback not as many times as Alabama last year, but close. And Alabama returns a lot of talent. I just mentioned unproven talent for FSU. I got to mention it here for Alabama. They're talented. I mean, Hand is very good. Um, but on that line, the guy that I look at that's the most experienced is Payne, and then everyone else is, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we think Raquan Davis just got shot. Josh Frazier yeah, was him. already pretty much competing for that position anyway. Um, yes. I think Frazier's coming in pretty underrated, if you ask me. Oh, big old number 69. Kind of love him. I, I think – I, I think he's pretty he's pretty underrated. Um, you know, Deshaun Hand had his obvious, you know, sort of issue that happened in the offseason. That seems to be cleared up. And then Darren Payne, like you said, it's just it's a toss-up. I mean, this line, like you said, but it, Florida State's just got so much experience on that line. You know, oh, they and do. It, they do. They've got to be licking their chops. And you know they're planning on loading the box. They're going to they're gonna force – they're going to force Hurts to beat him with their arm. And they're going to be getting after him at the same time. And I think they're going to contain well. I'll tell you about the guys in their line, um, just because 
I, I've I've spent a lot of time having to watch their tape. So they Please got do. uh Josh Sweat, um, who was the year that I want to say Deshaun Hand was maybe the number one ish player in the country. Sweat was right there. He was the guy he was competing with. It was almost like a Najee Harris Cam Akers scenario there. So he's very good. He started last year. They got a guy named Brian Burns who led all freshmen last year, I want to say, with like 11 and a half, 12 sacks. That's a lot of sacks for a freshman. Now he's a sophomore. Um, he's the one that's probably the most hyped, to be honest. Um, and then uh, you got two defensive tackles that are also both uh, – they got Christmas. What's his first name? Is it something Christmas? I, it'll come to me. And then Derek Noddy, who is top probably 10 defensive tackles in the country. I wouldn't put him at one. I wouldn't put him anywhere near – Ed Oliver at Houston, or Darren Payne even for that matter. But he's very good. They've got a lot of guys on that line that are just killers. And then i got to get a shout-out to my man J-Rob. He played at uh, – Janarius Robinson played at one of the high schools I covered. I remember. He uh, got, got named as the uh, backup to uh, Josh Sweat, so he'll be getting in that rotation too. Good. I'm giving the lines a push. FSU's got more experience, but I know that Alabama's going to be good this year on that line. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Linebackers. Bama. That's that's their edge on defense. It's yes. Alabama. FSU's yeah. not had great linebackers since again their national championship year. They're Christian five Miller. star Matthew Thomas. We don't know. He's been banged up his entire career. Sure, Christian Miller at Sam Mike linebacker Sean Dion Hamilton, who has a lot to prove. Mac Wilson. If you are thinking that name sounds familiar, but you can't remember why. Go ahead and just type Mac Wilson into YouTube and watch him light up Speedy Noel uh, in the Texas A&M kick return game last year because that was the hardest hit from all of last season. I thought uh, you were going to mention his touchdown from the fullback position last year. <laughs> I had forgotten about that one. Uh, For a pass that wasn't even supposed to go to him. Then you've got um, Rashawn Evans and Anthony Jennings, two guys that are just beasts. You've got Jamie Mosley. Tell me a little bit about Jamie Mosley from what you know, Brick. Walk on, baby. He was a walk-on, but of course he's C.J. Mosley's brother. I don't know why. He wears number 16, and I just, ooh, I hope he's our, I'm not even, okay, I'll say his name just to get the PTS day away. I hope he's our Hunter Renfro. Woof. I hope he becomes a household name. There's so many options you could have gone there. Well, I went with the first one that pops, probably the most popular walk-on for 2017. And then uh, somebody else that is not getting talked about enough is Sean Dion Hamilton. Yeah. He could be – I'm not saying he's going to be Reuben Foster this year. He can be every bit as good. He was probably close to there last year, I would, as good as Reggie Ragland was two years ago. I would – yeah, that's exactly what I would relate him to a uh, junior season or sophomore season Dante Hightower. <laughs> we could use that. You know, I I, good. I think I think he's somebody that I think his covering ability is really really good too. He, you know, he covers out in the flat really well, and he's got great closing speed. Um, you know, Florida State for his experiences they are on that defensive line, not so much on the linebacking core. No, they're not. They're not. I can't even. You know, I know this team front and back, but I don't. I the, the linebackers are the this is the position I'm haziest on. I I just. Their linebackers are good. They haven't been – they're probably middle of the ACC as far as linebackers are concerned, to be honest, you know. And then uh, – so that's linebackers. I mean, that's all I've got for them. You know, actually, I do want to mention Rashawn Evans because I think he's going to be the breakout player at Alabama this year. Mm. I think he's the break. I think he breaks out the same way Reuben Foster did last year. I'm not saying he's going to win best linebacker, but he will 
when we go from beginning of the season what we expected to the end of the season where he is on a national like perception level, I think Rashawn Evans is the most improved player on Alabama. I cannot I just I love what he brings to the table. And I love his skill set for middle linebacker. Oh, I can't wait. Now tell me about Dylan Moses. Dylan Moses, the IMG guy from Bradenton. Um he was he was named a backup, right? Or was he third string? He's he's named uh second team uh, at the will linebacker position. He's he, but his name's mentioned in a lot of different places. Um, okay, so but he's, right he's now he's be in then. Right now he's backing up Keith Holcomb, who backs up Rashawn Evans, but he's also mentioned in the Jack position. Okay, so he'll be getting in some kind of probably a situational rotation there is probably the plan for yes. him. Yeah, he's a true freshman. Um he is uh he will be. Um, uh, he must have gained some weight. I thought he was a little small in the spring game, to be honest. He's no, he wears number six. You'll see him out there. On what it sounds like, and he's a. Uh, he is the guy that Alabama had been recruiting since probably seventh grade. I want to say he committed to LSU in eighth grade. It was committed for four years to LSU. Les Miles leaves. Alabama scoops him up, and now he's going to wear crimson. And uh, he. Could be the next in line in that middle linebacker position to be part of that group, which I was surprised to not see Ben Davis's yes. name on the uh, the two deep. Same. I'm not going to say he stinks. Like, obviously, I don't know how good he is, and I will say this for him. Reuben Foster wasn't getting much playing time his um, second year at Alabama either. He was, he was a special teams guy. He was a special teams guy that put his head down too low and we all thought would break his neck before he left. Had no discipline, and... Well, look what he is now. He's a first-rounder and one best linebacker of 2016. Making millions of dollars, yeah. yeah. He fell too far, dude. He should have been a top-ten pick. He yes. should not have been number 31. Uh, but Am- I digress. Amferdy Jennings, another guy that I think is going to be a breakout player. Um, you know, obviously, we, we're talking about this linebacking court. This linebacking court has so much depth. I mean, just yeah, so do. much depth. You know, and when your walk-on guy is C.J. Mosley's little brother – that's that's not a bad that's not a bad situation to have. It's not a bad situation to have at all. All right, let's move to defensive backs. I'm giving Oof. I'm giving the edge to Florida State, and I know, I know. No, I'm I'm with you. Here's my thing. I love how uh, utilized Minka Fitzpatrick is. I love it. I am so worried that there is so much confusion this close to the season about where he should play and what position he should play. That it, it, it really concerns me. It really does. And I'm not saying that because I don't think he's good enough or talented enough or whatever. Um, I'm more worried about the coaching staff and more worried about the guys behind him. So Anthony Averett, Trayvon Diggs. You know, Diggs is somebody that honestly hasn't had a lot of experience. And he got torched in the spring game. The only time we've ever seen him play that position at Alabama, he was getting torched by Robert Foster and Calvin Ridley. Yes. Tony Brown, another guy that, you know, has had a very interesting history uh, yep. at Alabama. Now he's a starter. You know, it's just, um, you know, their money position for that uh, sort of hybrid defensive back situation, they haven't designated yet. They haven't named, or at least it wasn't named in the depth chart. Um, you know, so that's that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. Uh, you know, it's just these defensive backs, while Minka Fitzpatrick is great, Ronnie Harrison is good, everybody else is meh. And I, I, hope, I, think, you're I, un, I think you might undersell Avert a little bit there. I think he I, I is think, somebody I, that people recognize sure. before the end of the year. But, no, I'm with you with the other corners. I think Avert's going to be 
a pretty stalwart guy. Probably, you know, a guy we can rely on and we're not going to scream his name all season. But Diggs and Tony Brown, I'm pretty nervous. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But. I agree with you. We're not saying Alabama's got a bad secondary. We're no. saying FSU probably has the best in the country. Yes. 100%. The best two safeties in the country are in this game, by the way. Number one and number two, I think it's pretty undisputed right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one. I can't. No, I mean, you got Derwin James, who <laughs> Sports Illustrated, ESPN. I think the hype is getting a little too far-fetched for him. Um, it's going to be hard to live up to, can he win the Heisman kind of hype? It's safety. Just ask Jabril Pepper, someone we've talked about the last couple episodes. <laughs> but, I mean, I think he's better than Jabril Peppers. Don't get me wrong. But it's, you know, he's being named to the number. Okay, so this is an article. I'm going to take a little side road here. Sure. There's an article that ESPN put out the other day. It was titled, Meet Florida State's Secret Weapon Derwin James, the X Factor in the Opening Season Game. What? How? The the secret weapon? You you called him the number one player in the country, and he's on your Heisman shortlist. <laughs> the secret weapon. Anyway, that was dumb. But, no, FSU, in the obviously getting Derwin James back transforms the defense. We saw what they were early in the year. He tore his knee up the second game of the season, and we saw what FSU's defense was the next week against Louisville. That's how important he is to that defense. They kind of corralled without him last year toward the end of the year. They shut down a couple teams. They played well against Michigan. Now he's back to a team that figured themselves out without him. They've got Tavares McFadden at corner, who led the country in interceptions last year. Um, and then they've got a bunch of – they've recruited as well or better than Alabama at corner the last couple years. Number one corner last year, Stanford Samuels. Um, what's the other guy's name? Anyway, they've got a lot of they – got, they got a really, really deep and good secondary. Um the only position on the secondary where I give Bama the edge is that strong safety position. Yeah. Where I do think Harrison is better who then what's his name that Al, that Florida State will start. I, another another thing to bring up on this Alabama secondary that uh, kind of concerns me is uh, backing up Minka Fitzpatrick and the oh, good point. horrible, horrible event that he goes down. It's Hootie Jones, a guy that a lot of people thought would start in the position – a free safety where Ronnie Harrison is starting. Brick, what concerns me most is why is Hootie Jones not being started over Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Averitt? He's had plenty of time at the school. He's had plenty of reps and practice and in games. It's kind has of Hootie cons- always been a safety, or is he? Uh, I believe his corner. I believe he was. Well, he's definitely recruited as a corner. I believe he was moved to safety very early in his career, though. Hmm. At Alabama. So it's just, either way, it's concerning to me that he's nowhere on this starting lineup for the cornerbacks, for the defensive backs. My hope, what I hope, is the reason here is that just in the portions of practice that we haven't seen, is that Trayvon Diggs has just been very good as a corner. I would and love that to he hear has that. picked up the position naturally, and it's been seamless, and he's just been better than the other guys and he's dynamic, and he's great starting opposite Averitt. And, you know, we just happened to see the spring game because they tested him on purpose with two blue-chip receivers. Sure. That's what I hope happened. Sure. And he learned from that experience, and he's had an entire summer and fall camp to figure it out. That's I, what I hope. I, I do want to mention right quick before we move on, uh, two years ago it was Cyrus Jones. 
Last year it was Eddie Jackson, my guy this year that I'm really going for from the defensive backs, playing with a chip on his shoulder, you know, maybe a little undersized. It is Ronnie Harrison. It is. I like it. I want to see him take some heads off this year. <laughs> he's he's always uh, he's always a uh, fun guy to watch because he's like a uh, man. He's always hyped. He's very emotional. He's one of those guys that just sometimes you're like, dude, 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 dude hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Dial it I back. Love, I love the enthusiasm. Dial it but back. DJ Fluker was the same way when he was at Alabama. Oof. But they don't really call unsportsmanlike penalties that often on the offensive line, so it's. It's, refs yeah. usually don't see it. Sure. Sure. Um, all right, so that's our most of our position-by-position position breakdown. We left out offensive line. That's a big part of why I'm making a prediction I'm making. Okay. Do you want to talk about your prediction, or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right, so this is what I keep telling people. In a game like this, and we just, you know, we had a push on the defensive line, we gave FSU secondary, but ever so close. Um, you know, quarterback is a push. These two teams are pretty similar to each other as far as what we see coming into the season. And they shouldn't be playing the first game of the year. This is not a beginning-of-the-year matchup. I'm glad we're getting it. This is an end-of-the-year matchup that we're having to start the beginning of the game. This is going to be like the beginning of the USC game last year. Alabama doesn't start their seasons fast. They never did. No. They didn't blow West Virginia out of the water. Um the only touchdown I can think of on an opening drive was probably Derrick Henry breaking away from um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. But even Michigan started kind of slow, and, and, and if it weren't for Christian Jones, Virginia Tech was a pretty slow-starting offensive game as well. Yes. Alabama was held to 95 yards at one point in that game. Exactly. So Alabama feels out their opponent. Florida State does the same thing. They started slow uh, probably three years ago against Oklahoma State. They played in games like this. Of course, they played Ole Miss last year, and they were losing a good bit into that game. These two, it's going to be like a Pacquiao Mayweather boxing. They're going to feel each other out for a little while, and you're going to say it's boring. I love games like that. So, with a game like that, and I've got to look at the positions in two similar teams, the biggest ocean of difference in this game, to me, of matchup-wise, isn't Hurts against the FSU secondary. It's not Francois against the FSU secondary. It's not either of the running backs against any of the linebackers. It is Alabama's defensive line versus Florida State's offensive line. Mm. They were not great last year. They weren't. And I don't know that they're going to be super better this year. They don't have a lot of high prospects on that line, and prospects only go so far. But when you're playing Alabama's defensive line, you want some highly regarded guys. They've got some good guys. You know, Alec Eberle's an okay uh, but he's hurt a lot. He's he's. I mentioned earlier that Francois was hit 36 times last year for a reason. I know that number in my head for a reason. He's a mobile quarterback, and it could have been a lot more. All right, he was getting up all the time. He was always on his back. He almost had to sit out the second half of the Miami game last year that they almost lost. And by some miracle, he came back in and let him do a touchdown. They don't have... Dalvin Cook to take that pressure off of him, and I don't know if Cam Akers is the answer in the first game of his career. So, with that said, with the teams feeling each other out, I think Alabama should be able to pull ahead in the second half of this game because they're going to be getting after Francois late. While that offensive line is tired of having to block the defensive line, I think Bama wins the battle of the trenches in the second half of this one, 
and I'm feeling a 10-point win because yeah. of it. Maybe a 13-point yeah. win. That's that's exactly kind of my analysis as well, Break, and I hate being boring like that, but, you know, you did – you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I'm kind of pissed, but it's okay because <laughs> hey. I was going to relate it. You and I talked about Great the – Patrick's think alike. The, uh, the Mayweather and McGregor fight the other night, and we talked about it, and I didn't talk about it very much the other day. Um, they said that traditionally Mayweather is a point fighter, which is true. Um, there was a point where the broadcaster had mentioned, oh, McGregor's used to going 25 minutes max. You know, keep that in mind. That was in like the fifth round. That would have been sometime in the ninth round. Okay. Is that 25 minute mark? Go back and watch that fight. All right. You, That's exactly when he broke down. Yes. To a T. It was like clockwork, and then the knockout came in the 10th. And honestly, had the ninth round gone about 40 seconds more, I could have seen a knockout in the ninth. So, yeah, I bring that up to bring this up. Alabama, like you said, has never started off games very hot. Um, you know, the Wisconsin game, while we remember it as this great, awesome thing, really wasn't. We had a lot of quarterback controversy then. While we look at the Virginia Tech game, you and I do very fondly because you were Christian on Jones for Heisman. You were yes, you were on Percocet, and was it Percocet <laughs> or Vicodin? It was Loratab. Loratab, that's what it was. That's what it was, Loratab, and uh, you know, we look back at that game fondly. That was not a good game. That was a very very poorly played game for Alabama. Okay, so you look back at those fondly because of the win. I think the Florida State game is going to be like that this year. You know, the USC game is kind of in its own category because I don't think USC expected to be that bad, and I don't think Alabama expected to be that good in the second half. In the second half, okay? You want to talk about hitting that 25-minute mark? I think midway through the third quarter, maybe not even then, you're going to start to see Florida State's offensive line, you know, maybe putting their hands on their hips a little bit more. Francois is going to be running around. They've got to run around and protect them. And then all of a sudden, the blitzes are going to start coming. You're going to see, you know, uh, Dion Hamilton come off the end. Okay. He might get them right at the line of scrimmage. Okay. A couple of plays, they take off. Then you get somebody like Christian Miller in there. He comes through the A gap, hits the running back for a three yard loss. Oh crap, now it's third and 12. Okay. Then out of nowhere, Minka Fitzpatrick starts screaming down the middle of the field right before the ball snapped. And the play is just completely blown up. Whether it's a big sack or a pick or a fumble, whatever happens, I just feel like at some point the levy is going to break and Florida State's offensive line is not going to be able to hold up anymore. Now the question... is going to show enough of a window to get through, right? Now the question is... Can Alabama's offensive line sort of do the opposite? Can they keep their composure? Because you look at this, you've got left tackle Jonah Williams, fine. Left guard, Ross Piercebacher, fine. Center, Bradley Bozeman. Okay, we'll see. Lester Cotton at right guard. Should be okay, but again, we'll see. Right tackle, no clue. Yeah, right tackles are question No clue. That line. You've got Matt Womack, who has been underwhelming in practice at best from what it sounds like, and in the uh, in the scrimmages. And then Jedrick Wills. Just bad. <laughs> Just a bad combination there that you really don't want to pick from. 
So I think it really just sort of depends on whose offensive line can hold up longer and do a little bit better. But I'd much rather be in Alabama's shoes than Florida State's shoes when it comes to that position on the field. Now, the other thing that I'm going to mention is the field goal kicking. It has Oof. been, to say it's been atrocious for Alabama during these scrimmages and these practices is awful. An inside source that went to practice the other day, I'm going to read you uh, this email here in a second. I'm gonna, uh, first, I'm going to get your opinion on the Alabama kicking game and why it goes so south so quick. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know if it's special teams coach. I, I mean, you know, we we ha- we thought we had our answer when Pinheiro was going to come, and then we thought we had our answer last year when uh, I forgot his name already, but we had another guy that we thought was going to come and did. Now it's Belovus. Um, I don't know. It was okay for spells under Adam Griffith, who was a big kicker recruit, um, and you know he got shaken early by his kick six experience. Yeah. Um, we've had a run of a mix of bad luck, but at the same time, I want to say Bulovis was like the seventh best kicker in last year's class. It's not like he was, you know, just some name we picked up off the street. He was a good high school kicker. So, you know, that's why I hope if it's not J.K. Scott, like we said, I hope it's him just because most teams would kill for the seventh best kicker in a class. You know, think of the kind of kicker that Tulane has to use. He wasn't a recruit. They right. don't recruit a kicker. They find a kicker somewhere and give him a scholarship. Right. You know, you you really think that, that Bethune-Cookman's going out there and recruiting kickers? Like, we have the option to pick from the top ten kickers every year if we wanted. So I don't know. There's no reason every kicker in Alabama shouldn't be reliable and good. So, but I don't know the special teams coaching at Alabama either. And we're great on special teams, but not on kicking. Yeah. Yeah. So... Here's what I've heard, okay? Uh, fair warning, you're not going to like this at all. Got it? Well, we got to say it anyway. Here we go. After about 15 minutes in, this is an excerpt from an inside source whose name is going to remain anonymous. Horn blows and I see the teams lining up for a field goal. Try to hush in small talk, all the small talk, and move even closer to the sidelines. Uh, from 30 yards out, number 92... Snap, spot, kick, good. That's Papa Nasty. That is Papa Snuffleupagus. Okay? That's the first kick. From there, they move it back 10 yards. Here we go in order. Ready? Wide left, wide left, wide right, pushed right, wide left, pulled left, pulled left, wide right. That's all over the place. In in, in layman's terms, that's all over the place. Hold on. It gets worse. J.K. Scott is holding during this time, okay? Whistle blows, a lot of yelling. J.K. Scott comes in to kick. Tua comes in to hold. From 30 out, huge thump of the ball. Would have been good from about 60, okay? Moves back 10 yards. Here we go. Pulled left, pulled left, pushed right, good. At the... (laughs) At this point, this is what the email says. At this point, I'm nauseated and wondering what I need to do. I can't lie down, and I didn't want to cry in front of some of these kids that I'm rooting for during the season. Pushed right, pushed right, good, end of practice. Brick, that's not good. From 40. I. It's, it's no, just it's not. you don't – the last thing Alabama wants is for this game to come down to a field goal or from what it sounds like any game this season to come down to a field goal. 
we don't even need to kick field goals if that's if we're if we're what so you you probably named off ten field goals, twelve field goals, and you said one two were good. We're, if we're hitting it a 12, 13, 15% clip, don't kick field goals. No, there's no point. There's no point. Throw a Hail Mary. I like our offensive chance to pick up eight yards more than that, honestly, if it's that bad. And we'll see. I hate. I hope we don't have to see it this week. I really hope we don't have to see more than one field goal. There must be an attempt to control the kicking game. At some point, something's got to give. Truly. Something has to give. But it just doesn't look like it's going to be this year. <laughs> Well, what about this? My hope, I'm telling you, my hope is hinging on this Bulovis guy. But we'll it's just at a school like Alabama, there's no, there's really not an, a good excuse to why there's been so much for eight years on and off and on and off and off and off and off and off and on kicking. I mean, it's that's not a problem that you should have when you're Alabama. You can get any kicker you want. Now, let me ask I mean, you. You didn't get Eddie Pinheiro, but come on, you can, you can get somebody in there. Yeah, as my brother said a couple weeks ago, hope he has fun kicking in the Outback Bowl this year. And then used an expletive talking about Pinero that I cannot repeat yeah. on the podcast. Uh, now, let me ask you about what I think is the X factor of this game. What do you think and how do you think Brian Double's first game on the sidelines is going to turn out? You know, I've actually been very supportive and happy of that high, especially when I get to hear you know quotes of him or um, some of the interviews that were allowed to be done. Now, Nick Saban, um, uh, the position coaches don't talk to the media very often, so it's just snippets of, of little quotes here and there. Um, but I think he will be much will, will be happier with him, and and it's because we were happy with Kiffin in his first year. We were happy with Kiffin for the most part in his second no. year. Third year is no, where no, it went bad. No, you weren't. Don't I say was fifty. We. You were zero. Don't say we. We were both happy with him in year one. Year two, you started to go south more than I did. Year three, we were both tired of him. Um, but he was ma- he w- he was a hire made for a very specific reason. Nick Saban makes great hires, and he was hired because we need what he has now. Now, that is all centered around, obviously, Jalen Hurts. We've got at least two, probably three more years of Jalen Hurts under center. You have to nail this hire specifically for him. And if he does a good job with... Jalen Hurts, then he'll probably go on and be a head coach somewhere by then. But he came from the New England Patriots. He's not Lane Kiffin. He came from the New England Patriots. I think it's Nick Saban getting more to his grassroots of a hire, right? Nussmeyer was a Saban kind of guy. McElwain was a Saban kind of guy. Applewhite really wasn't, but that was his first year at Alabama. Um, this is a Nick Saban grassroots kind of hire that has a specific skill set and a knowledge of a system and a culture that he wants to put around Jalen Hurts. Obviously, the, the Kiffin culture, whatever you want to call it, um, and I'm going to specifically shout out a very specific uh, uh, Lane Kiffin tweet by the end of this podcast that I really want to talk about because it's so funny to me. I digress. Um, the Kiffin culture was clearly not good for a young quarterback. It might actually no. It doesn't work with an old quarterback because Matt Barkley digressed for regressed, I should say, from a from a number one overall pick to what a fifth round pick. So, yeah, and he was very lucky to get that fifth round pick. Long story short, I am very impressed with Deball Dayball. I think is how it's technically pronounced. Sure, I think we'll uh, be happy with what he has to offer. I think we'll run the ball because we think we know we need to. How about we just call him B Dab? 
I like, okay, B-Dab. He's, that's it. He's B-Dab for the rest of the year. And not dab is in the way that kids dab when they no, score touchdowns. I hate that. But dab is because it's fun to say. Yes. Good. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you what do you think our offensive mindset's going to be when we come out the uh, you know first couple drives? Obviously, it better be run the ball. <laughs> do you know how many times I'm going to tweet hashtag abolish the forward pass this year? It's going to be a lot. I'm going to go ahead and warn How you. How many drives till you say, okay, the run's not working? I When have I ever said that? But if it's not, no, say you go three and out two times. It will take, first it will take down six times. games for me to say the run is not working. All right, there's, there we go. There's never, How, okay. there's never an instance where the run is not working. You may not be running it to the right spot, but the run will always work. It should always work. It absolutely you have the should. mindset of a college football coach. You know that, right? Yes, I do. And in another life, you would have made a great coach. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um. Uh. Okay. A more specific question: Is Jalen Hurts just as involved in our run game this year, or less involved? I'm going to go less involved. The only reason I say that is because I imagine B-Dab wants to use him more as a pure passer than he does. I, I don't think he wants to risk getting his quarterback hurt because, you know. We love Tua. I love Tua the tank. You know that. I don't think the boy is ready to step up against FSU. Have we decided on the Tua the tank? That's that's what I like. I like that. I or... like the Hawaiian punch. Oh, that's oh my god, that's good. We, I, we've never said that. I would have remembered. No, no, no they that. said that in the spring game after his first touch or uh, the the second touchdown that was tipped in the air. Who was? It was whoever was doing the game. It was probably Herb Street or whoever was doing the live. Oh, play. I like Nestler that. Nestler was doing the. A little magic from the Hawaiian punch. I loved it. It rang. That's great. It resonated with me, who was born in Honolulu. That's good. Wait, what? You know, wait, are you learning this about me right now? Yes. What? What? Yeah, I was born in Honolulu. My dad was in the Navy. He was stationed in Hawaii. Okay. And okay. I spent there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Life. Oh my word. Wow. The more you know. What's your Hawaiian name? Is that how that works? Ukuluka Alau. I don't know. Made that up. That's probably offensive. It's like milk's but. goat or something. Or goat's milk. Yeah. No, that's uh, – wow. I did not know that. But anyway, uh, I think his number one – B-Dab's number one priority is not getting his quarterback hurt. That means running the ball more. Now, I think we could see a lot more short intermediate passes, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of slant routes, button hooks, that sort of thing. But it just kind of depends. You know, I, I don't really know, honestly. Um, Here, here's, a, here's a cute little stat about bubble screens and short passes. Far and I mean by like an absurd number, Jalen Hurts led the entire country last year in passes behind the line of scrimmage. Mm. Like it was in a I, I forgot the actual numbers. It was absurd. Like obviously, like oh he threw a ton. No, he led the country by like you shouldn't be leading the country by that much, dude. <laughs> Kiffin, come on. Here's what I thought. This is why I agree with you saying he'll be less involved in the run game. Obviously, we're going to use him. He's so talented. And the fact that he can use his legs to not only extend the pass but actually pick up yards on designed runs is huge. And score. And that's the reason why he's – honestly, that's the reason why he's starting over yes. some other guys because the Saban wants that, obviously, and he can throw the ball a little bit too. I think Kiffin was just trying to win the guy awards, win a true freshman awards, and I feel like he would angle his play call sometimes hoping for a highlight, like he was calling plays in NCAA 14. Rest in peace. R.I.P. 
I, so yeah. I think he was just trying to do something with a player that had never been done before in college so he can go coach at LSU, and he's at FAU. I mean, we see how how uh, well that worked out for him. If he had just chilled after, like, the A&M game and then just started coaching to be smart and win games, he'd probably be at a better school right now. That's how I honestly feel. Hot takes. But you could just get this sense, and, you know, of course, of course, if any school wants to hire Lane Kiffin, who are they going to call? Nick Saban. Hey, how's this guy working out? You think Nick Saban was saying great things about Lane Kiffin? Uh, no, I do by not. By about October of last year? I, he did it yeah, to the media. Do you do think not. he was saying it to other coaches? No. Probably not. All right, we're done. Like, we need to put a limit on how many times you're allowed to talk about Lane Kiffin. Okay, new rule. Can I make a new rule here? Sure. I, I guess it can be a rule because sometimes we might need to. We do our very best, but I'm going to say we don't talk about Lane Kiffin anymore. I'm fine Unless with that. Unless we're A, comparing him to Dayball or what Dayball's called. B-Dab. Or B, if he's we're talking about UAB. Or not UAB, FAU. Blazer up, though. That's our rule. We don't just bring him up to crap on him anymore. He's gone. We're done do with know, that. We're, do you we're know grown how, men. Do you know how close the Blazers were to being my sweetheart this year? I almost picked them, too, but I had to stick, I had to stick with Kiffin and FAU to give us a reason to keep talking about him. Now I regret it. Go Owls. Go Owls on both of our fronts. Owl in. All right, Brick, one last thing to do, my friend. A tradition that has held its own among the Norwood household and then carried over into the into the history of Pat's interference for the past three years. For the first time in 2017, Patrick Brickman, I need your score prediction for Alabama, Florida State. All right, so my score prediction... I think we need to couple this with something that we didn't really do yet, and that's what does Alabama need to do to win this game? Sure. Love it. So, Alabama to win this game. Well, we kind of laid it out already, so I'll just kind of reiterate just a tad. Do what got them good in this dynasty. Yes. Run the ball. Run the ball. Be just the better team. I mean, that's that's not hard enough hitting uh, analysis there. I'd be made fun of for that. But I will say just – do what you know you can do, Ex- right? Do what Just got execute. you here. Execute. Execute what got you here. Don't get cutesy. Now, if it's not working, do something within the realm of re- – Just stay focused in the game. Run the ball. Wear them down. Make them play your style of football. All right, whatever. I don't know that if that was hard-hitting enough for you, but it's just – it's sometimes I – think I think the reason it feels that way is because at the end of last year especially – Alabama tried to over, just overdo it. They were tryhards. You know what a tryhard is, right? Oh yeah. Let the game come to you. Just they were tryhards when they should have just simplified it and done what they can do. With that said, I said thirteen points, and I'm not giving us any field goals. Oh boy. <laughs> so I'm having trouble coming up with this. A specific score for that. Um, I'm not giving us 13 anymore because I just don't want to do that. I'm going 20. I'm going 21, 13. I'm giving us eight right above the spread is seven right now. I bet it'll go down before the game. I'm giving us 21, 13. Okay. Alabama to I win think this. Florida, Florida State scores a late touchdown. Sorry, I just stepped all over you. I think Florida State scores a late touchdown and to get to or a late field goal. They they. Threaten. This is the kind of game where Alabama gets 21 while FSU still got about 7 or 10. 
and FSU threatens and it starts to look like they can come back and tie it or take the lead, and we we stop them and we win because of our defense. I love it. Are you good now? <laughs> good. To win this game, Alabama must run the ball and control the line of scrimmage on offense. On defense, they have to make uh, – or excuse me, and then also on offense – when FSU's defense, excuse me, it's one in the morning here. When FSU's defense, and notice how I say win, stacks the box, make them pay. Okay? Let Jalen throw the ball. I know we hear we hear all the time about their defensive backs. All offseason. He's the X factor. He's the that's great. That's awesome. They've got four other wide receivers to worry about. Let Jalen hurl the ball okay when they stack the box now if they're not stacking the box pound it up the middle let Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris pound it up the middle and let Najee Harris and Joshua Jacobs take it outside and run let Jalen run a couple of read options you know like you said don't get cute with it but just make sure you're being creative enough to really get them on their heels early control the line of scrimmage Make them pay when they stack the box. I'm not worried about Alabama's defense. I haven't been in almost 10 years now. I'm I'm just, for the offense's sake, most important thing is playing your game, winning the line of scrimmage, and making them pay when they stack the box. I'm going to go 30-20 on this game. Okay, I like that. I like. I, I'm very impressed. I'm very proud. And I'm a little jealous because you said what I just wanted to say <laughs> in a much better way. But I'm also you – know, I'm very I'm very um, surprised that you went there. When you said – I love what you just said about let Jalen throw the ball because I didn't expect you to say that at all because, you know, you listen. The ball run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. All right, because obviously we have to throw it sometimes. Yes. Right, we're not going to run. We're not going to Georgia State versus Florida this and win with zero rush, r- passing yards. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be amazing, but we won't. It's not possible in this game. Um, when we pass the ball, it's like you were saying. When we pass it, commit to the damn pass. Yes, trust your shot. Golfers say don't it all the time. Don't pansy foot it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be rated G here. Don't pansy foot it. Yes. Just let him throw it, and if he doesn't complete, he doesn't. But. Yeah, when we throw the ball sometimes last year, it's like it was an extension of the run, and it made it easy on good defenses like Washington and Clemson. Yes. I, I feel like, you know, golfers say it all the time. Caddies say it to golfers all the time. Trust your shot. Whatever you're doing, if you're taking a 9-iron off the tee on a par 5 with a 13-mile-an-hour wind coming towards you, but it's your shot, trust your shot. Put it where you want it, trust your shot. Let Jalen hurl the ball. Get his confidence up early, and he'll never look back. Take off the training wheels. Yep. Exactly. Brick, that's our first preview episode in the books. I'm proud of you. You're getting good at this, man. I'm trying. Well, you've been good at this. Don't get me don't get don't don't take that the wrong way. You're getting pretty dang good at this. I'm trying. I'm trying. Hey, listen, people. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach us, you can go to patsinterference.com. We're on Facebook at P-A-T apostrophe S interference. You can go on Twitter at P-I underscore podcast. We'll be trying to update it throughout the game on Saturday. I will be editing a video video highlight, excuse me, for a high point spin soccer team. Plays Duke tomorrow in the rain, so that should be fun. Go high point. 
Uh, you will be at the game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, anything I will be trying to update, I'll be doing it with about a thousand other cell One thousand. Look at me. About a hundred thousand other cell phones yes. in the area. Yes, so we will um, be doing be our best. There. Again, look for me on uh, the TV. I'll be wearing one of those uh, media bibs. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, it's it's again. The Twitter is at pi underscore podcast. Uh, you can listen to us. You know, if if something's not working out, that we're on SoundCloud and Stitcher and 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 Amazon, and iTunes, and all that stuff. And just by the way, the brick I read this the other day, and this is why this is why I'm pressing this so hard. There we go. Eighty uh, percent of podcast listeners use iTunes as their form of you know, listening, downloading, everything like that. So people, please go on iTunes and give us reviews. You know, whether it's one star, you guys suck. Five stars, you guys are awesome. That's what iTunes and Apple really look at. And we Three stars, you aight. We, we really, exactly. We want this podcast to grow. You know, we want this to be a community of people who really feel connected to college football and connected to us. Uh, whether you're an Alabama fan or you're just a college football fan, go on iTunes, give us a review, tell us what you think. We're always trying to get better. We can't do it without you. We're so glad. We've always wanted to do this. Brick and I have always wanted to do this. And the fact that we get to do this twice a week is just awesome. Just phenomenal. So we can't thank you enough. That's it. Enjoy the game on Saturday responsibly and safely, but definitely not quietly. And most importantly, Brick. Most importantly, Norwood. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.